1: Hello and welcome to The Ruck from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Jessica Hayden, a rugby journalist at The Times and it's the big one. It's the final out in New Zealand, it's England against New Zealand at a sold out Eden Park this weekend. I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague Elgin Alderman who is out in New Zealand. Elgin how are you?
2: I'm very well thank you. How are you Jess?
1: I'm good thank you. I was just saying before we recorded that you're always the snappiest dresser at the times. You, you win the award every year, I think.
2: Well, the beauty of wearing colourful clothing is that it makes up for any deficiencies in personality and you don't have to make any effort whatsoever with small or big talk. So <laughs> that, sadly, this isn't a, an audio medium, but uh, the, the listeners will just have to uh, take your word for it.
1: It's a shirt with a lot of bold colours. It's lovely. It's nice, actually, Elgin, because oh, you're showing us a bit better. So it's uh, some blue, yellow and red zigzags on there. It's nice because when I've seen photos of the media rooms out in New Zealand, even if you're back to the camera, I'm like, that's Elgin, because you're wearing <laughs> you wore a lovely red cardigan. Um, so, yeah, you're the snappiest dresser at the Times and you're also out in New Zealand covering this tournament for the Times. How have you found it so far?
2: It's been very enjoyable. It's my first time in New Zealand, first time covering a World Cup. Obviously, I've been to a few of the men's tournaments as a fan. I went to the 99 World Cup when I was six years old. So, started young when Wales hosted it back then. Went to a few games in 2015 as well. But it's very exciting to be at a tournament proper for the first time, obviously, on the other side of the world as well. Having the games all on the weekend means that it's obviously a very uh, different type of rhythm than you get in uh, sort of the, the the usual men's World Cups where it really is sort of staggered games throughout the week. Mm. But it gives a, gives a decent pattern where you can recharge your batteries in the week and then go uh, hell for leather at the weekend. But no, it's been, um, you know, it's been a, a slow burner, but certainly the last week or two, it has really ramped up. The interest is huge now. The quality of the rugby in the last round, and obviously we're all hoping Saturday as well, have been superb so uh, no, it's it's ending up as as a brilliant tournament.
1: It has been fantastic so far but I'm just interested outside of your work commitments and you've been filing lots of interviews and features in the week have you had a chance to travel around New Zealand at all?
2: Uh, I've had a few chances to explore with some of the other members of the press pack we had a nice trip to Devonport one day and a few of us came back uh, looking a bit pink because (laughs) the uh the weather in Auckland is always ready to catch you out, so you never quite know if it fancies being cold and wet and windy, or if it fancies being 25 and just ruining your skin forever. So <laughs> no, but we had a lovely day, went up to one of the man's brilliant views of everything around Auckland and, and the visiting islands, and we had a trip to Wahiki as well for an excellent lunch one day looking forward to going up uh up Mount Eden tomorrow hopefully or maybe on Saturday morning before the game so there has been having a few opportunities to get about obviously not nothing nothing too major but a few opportunities just to see what's going on in the area
1: that sounds lovely pleased to hear that you're making the most of it on today's episode, I'm going to head into the England camp to chat to Tatiana Hurd, who is on the bench this weekend for England against New Zealand. And of course, we'll look ahead at the final. But first, I think we have to talk about the semi-finals. I think, Elgin, you called it the greatest day of women's rugby because it was just such an incredible day. We had... The first final, Canada 19, England 26, and then the second final where New Zealand got through by 1 point, 25 to 24 against France. If we start with Canada versus England, what did you make of that match?
2: It was such a great game for the obvious reason that Canada are, I use the term amateur, they don't like the term amateur. They, because, you know, they treat themselves like professionals. They just don't get paid. Um, yeah. So there were many stories in the build-up about how they had been spending months away from home, so you know, giving up jobs, living out of suitcases, et cetera, You know, I, I described them as the last remaining pro bono team rather than the last remaining amateur team. And the fact that they were going up against the mighty England, who were 29 games unbeaten, fully professional, was just a great clash. And the fact that Canada gave them such a good go mm. and... Obviously, the moment of the match was that Dow try rounding off a sort of 115-metre diagonal diagonal move at a point where Canada had gone through about 10, 15 phases on the English line. And had they scored and converted, they'd have gone into the lead after 50 minutes against England. But as it was, England ended up leading 23-12, a real sucker punch, and they ended up holding on. But even after that, Canada still gave such a good go of it. And for that reason, you know, that was why it was just such a terrific game because you had these people with such a great backstory of months of hard work and sacrifice giving their all and they truly wanted to win. They were dejected after that. Sophie de who was magnificent at number eight, was on the verge of tears because she wasn't there just to give England a bloody nose. She was there to try and beat them and Mm. they just fell short But how brilliantly they played.
1: Do you think there was part of it that Canada were seen so much as the underdogs that there was less pressure on them. I know they said that in the, the build-up, no one expects anything from us, especially last autumn, England beat Canada very convincingly. So was there pressure on their shoulders going into that match?
2: I think definitely. I mean, if, if you're entering a game as the complete underdog where no one gives you a chance or if you're entering the game with 29 wins in a row and everyone expects you to wipe the floor with them, then in a sense, having none of that pressure should free you up. And Canada didn't play with as if they had you know any stress on their shoulders whatsoever they just gave it a good go and you know england are such a good team that thus far they are always able to deal with the pressure they've had but you do wonder if you know maybe they might be getting a bit tense you never know it, it, even the greatest athletes will feel tension at the at these moments but um no it was just great to see canada give such a good account of themselves and for the neutral anyway it was a terrific game
1: England do tend to panic a bit under pressure. And I think this is their first real test. I think the France match in the group stage was brilliant. It was really an exciting match, very close and attritional. But this match, I think they were being forced out a bit more and felt felt like they were struggling a bit under that pressure. But having come out of that match on top, is this the best prep they could have had for the World Cup final facing New Zealand on home turf, as we said, at a sold-out Eden Park?
2: I think Simon Middleton, the head coach, would certainly say so because he said after the game, you know, we're battle-hardened now. We've just been through 80 minutes of genuine toil there. We've had to fight hard. We weren't on our best, and yet still we came through to win. Obviously, with England having won 29 games in a row, people think, oh, they just turn up and win. Actually, if you look back at many of those games, Mm -hmm. mainly, in fact, almost entirely against France until the Canada game, there have been a lot of narrow victories there. There was the game in November 2020 where they were 8 points down after an hour and they won after 24 phases and a penalty kick in the final play they've had those games where they haven't been at their best but you know it's one of the great sports clichés good teams win when they're off you know they they just figure out a way to win it it's a bit of a habit so you know Simon Milton was saying earlier today New Zealand time yesterday UK time when when he announced his team that Actually, going into final, there's less pressure now because the main pressure was getting that far. Now that they're there, there's no next game to think about. This is just the one that they've been aiming for. And Wayne Smith said the same thing for New Zealand as well. He said that he was always nervous for quarters and semis because you know what's coming next. But once you're in the final, it's just one event. That's what we've got to do. And after that, we all have a party and go home.
1: I'm not sure I buy that. Because Simon Middleton... Well, that's what they say anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it's what they say. But Simon Middleton has been saying for at least a year now that they're not the best team in the world until they've won the World Cup. And that's been his mantra and he brings it out every time. You know, when we talk about the the win streak or particularly good performances and say, you know, best team in the world, he always comes back with we're not the best team until we've won the World Cup. I think there's been a lot of mind games this week with, between the coaches and talking about who has the most pressure on them. Definitely feels like they're both kind of revealing a bit of nerves about this final. So to say that the pressure's off, I'm not sure I agree with that, but... They are facing New Zealand and that semi-final to New Zealand and France was amazing. I think one of the most exciting games of rugby I've ever seen. It was just brilliant just from start to finish. You couldn't go and make a coffee as much as I wanted one because it was so early in the morning. And I'd been up for the Canada-England game as well before that. As much as I wanted a coffee, I couldn't stand up off the sofa to go and make one because it was just constant. It was incredible. Let's talk a bit about how New Zealand faced France. So France, obviously, very attritional, very forward-focused. That's the that's the part of the game that New Zealand tend to be criticised for—that they're reliant on their backs. Still, tries from uh, Flula to uh, Ruby Tui and Fitzpatrick, really good tries there. How do you think they're shaping up for the final?
2: Certainly, based off what they seem like this morning. So, well, they they probably played a masterstroke in that. This morning at the press conference, we had Kendra Coxedge, scrum half, most cat Black Fern of all time. She's going to win a 68th cap on the weekend and retire as the most cat Black Fern of all time. Ruby Toohey, who's probably everyone's favourite Black Fern because of the uh, lively post-match interview she gives. And Wayne Smith, the director of rugby, the, the man they call the professor who's been there at World Cups before. So they probably have three people that are least likely to show nerves when talking and they seems to be having an absolutely great time when they were (laughs) talking anyway. um, Obviously the Black Ferns will have pressure on them because New Zealand is the most demanding expectant rugby nation there is. And they're going to be at Eden Park. More than 40,000 people there. But at the same time, they possibly on, on balance of things do have a bit less pressure on them? Because I think before the tournament, I don't think anyone thought England were going to lose. And you do sense this week that now those who've been backing England the entire time are now thinking, oh, hang on, New (laughs) Zealand could do this.
1: (laughs) I've got to hold my hands up because I think at the start of the tournament, I was very in the mindset of I'm more looking forward to 2025 than this tournament because I think it's almost written already what's going to happen New Zealand had such a bad preparation with the the review that was scathing about the culture in the Black Ferns and then a bad autumn in England and France so I was quite nervous for them and I really wanted them to do what they've done and have an incredible tournament so far play their brand of rugby and look like they're having fun while they're doing it exactly what they've done and I think it's it has set up a brilliant final and it's definitely too close to call for me I'm I'm not gonna say I think England are gonna run away and, and win this and I don't think New Zealand can say that either it's gonna be so tough and I think this every game plan you can have I think almost goes out the window in that final 20 minutes or so because I think both both teams want to play Quite wide rugby, I think, now for this final. And I just think you can't really predict it. We will chat a bit more about the final and especially the team news in England. But first, I headed into the England camp last night to chat to Tatiana Heard. I'm delighted to be heading into the England camp to chat to Tatiana Heard, who starts on the bench against New Zealand in the final. Tatiana, how are you?
3: Yeah, really good, thank you. Excited for this weekend? Yeah can't wait um i think it's it's really exciting that we're in a world cup final to so be involved in that is is amazing so give us a bit of an insight into your journey so far in this world cup because you've really played into your shirt so we all kind of had conversations at the start with um with mids and he kind of told us where he thought we sat and i was told that i'll probably be an npr maybe be a finisher um and they weren't really looking to um, give people opportunities. Obviously, it's a World Cup. You're not, you're not looking to rotate your team much, i.e., you wanna be making sure you're getting the win. Um, so yeah, pretty content with that because obviously I wasn't even expecting to be here. So um was just really grateful to be in the squad and then um got an opportunity against South Africa and then just luckily like played my way into the team, I guess. So.
1: Well, play joined the team. It was a player of the match performance <laughs> against South Africa, wasn't it? Yeah. What was that like
3: getting the player of the match trophy when you had so few caps at the time? Pretty unexpected. Um, I think because I didn't really put much pressure on myself. I just wanted to go out there and, and play and enjoy myself. And obviously uh, we were coming up against um, South Africa and we hadn't ever, well, I hadn't ever played them before. Um, so it was just really exciting, something completely new. Um, and really unexpected so to to get the opportunity was really exciting I think I just went out there and enjoyed it and that's why I ended up playing playing all right so pretty amazing to get the player of the match but also like to come out with the win that we got and everybody kind of working to really well as a team together was was great so player of the match just topped it off really. And then you started in the final and the
1: semi-final in that semi-final looked like such a difficult match to play in Canada was with a really difficult opposition was that the hardest match of rugby
3: you've ever played I would say it probably was yeah I think Canada are a really good side and they're so physical um so it was just it was really tough and obviously it was a hot day it was a big occasion so I think personally um it felt like not not loads of pressure but when you think about the fact that you're playing in a World Cup semi-final it's it's a pretty big deal and then um coming up against a side like Canada, who are as physical as they are. Um, it was really tough. And I think that that showed in the in the scoreline and in the in the match, because they really brought it to us and it was really tough um, for all of us as a squad. So um to come out on top and to get to the final is just really exciting. We all can't wait for it.
1: Yeah, getting into that final is incredible, but for you, still not having reached 10 caps, playing in a World Cup final, that's incredible. So you're on the bench this weekend. Is it more more or less nerve-wracking being on the bench? Because I'd kind of imagine when you the kick off, I feel like that's quite nerve-wracking being on the pitch when it kicks off. But when you're on the bench, you've got to watch it happen and then go on the pitch. So are you more or less nervous being on the bench than if you were starting?
3: Um, I think at the moment I'm a bit less nervous. I think I don't need to... Not that I, I try not to put too much pressure on myself, but um I think it kind of eases that a lot when you're on the bench and you can kind of see how it's panning out and see what you need to do from the minute you step onto the field. I think when you're starting, you you overthink a lot about or not necessarily everyone, but um I personally am thinking all about like what I'm gonna do and what I need to do to make sure like I'm putting my best foot forward and um like putting in my best performance for the team. So um I think it is It like it does soften that stress a little bit when you're on the bench and you can see how everything's panning out and what how I guess how the other team are playing and what you can kind of do to um, to make a difference or make an impact when you come on.
1: I'm sure you've been looking at New Zealand and how they've been playing rugby so far this tournament. It's been a crazy game, and we said last week on the Ruck that Kendra Cox Edge of the Black Ferns has said that you can't preview. The, the Black Ferns because they're such a difficult side to to analyse because they just play an offloading game they run really fast they don't necessarily stick to a, a game plan the way that other teams do what's your reaction to that do you how how do you prepare to, f- to face the Black Ferns
3: I think they do um they do play with a lot of flair and they do like to offload they like to play quite instinctively but there's a lot of people in our side that have been analysing teams like that for for years now and playing against the Black Ferns quite a lot I personally obviously haven't come up against them but a lot of the girls have um so I think although like from an outside perspective it might look like they're hard to analyse I think our girls and our staff know a lot of the players even some of like the Sevens girls coming back in a lot of uh, our Sevens girls who have been there have um have come up against them so I think yeah it is a, a tough one but, but equally I think there's a lot of people in our squad that do know how they play too.
1: And if England come out on top and you get to have a World Cup winner's medal before you hit 10
3: caps what would that feel like? Um, I think a bit crazy really but also although I, I haven't got many caps I've been wanting and like in and around this environment and hoping to be back into it for, for years so it's not it's not kind of a situation where I think I never expected or wanted to be here. I think I always had doubts that I would get into this squad, but I, well, since I got my first cap, this has always been my, my dream. I wanted to win a world cup. Um, But to, to do that, you've got to get to a world cup. So I was just, you know, kind of taking it step by step and hoping that I would get here. So to potentially have that opportunity this weekend is, is amazing, but Again, it's something I've been like dreaming of uh, for years now.
1: Uh, well, I'm wishing you the best of luck. It'd be amazing. I think it's going to be an incredible final no matter what happens. And I know Simon Middleton says that you don't get many classic finals because people are exhausted, people are knackered, and you just want to win. And people potentially don't play with as much flair when they just want to win. So I think it's going to be an interesting match. I'm so excited. Before I let you go... I have to ask, I have this weird thing, I've been talking to this lovely lady called Tracy on Twitter for, it feels like years, but maybe just a year, about women's rugby, we talk quite a lot about the Premier 15s, she'll drop me a message and say, oh Jess have you seen this, and it'll be some lovely thing, and we talk We talk a lot, we've spoken about you, but not that much, but we have mentioned you in the past, and then I see that she's your mum, <laughs> and I have no idea I re- had no idea. I was talking to your mum this whole time, and thank God I've always been so positive about you because it'd be a bit awkward if I hadn't. Um, but I see she's been out in New Zealand supporting you the whole
3: time. Yeah, I think they got here about a week after us, but obviously we hadn't started anything. Uh, we'd just been in training then, so she hasn't missed a single game. She, I think, well, not even of just me. She's watched them all, so um, yeah, she's she's been everywhere. I bet she's excited for the final as well. Yeah, yeah, she's really excited. And I think it's really exciting that they can be here and and all the family and friends, really, of of all the players, because you're at the other side of the world. And I think people don't really consider that. You've come all the way out here. We've been here for seven weeks. To to have people supporting us over here is, is amazing. And obviously... You're playing New Zealand in New Zealand uh, they're going to have a pretty big following so grateful that we can have our family and friends here to support us.
1: Let's hope they're loud enough for you because it's a sold-out Eden Park this Saturday and people in the UK can watch it on ITV at 6.30am the kickoff off 7.30pm in New Zealand. Tatiana thank you so much wishing you the best of luck and I better let you go now so you can get training for this weekend. Thanks Tatiana. Thank you.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Great to chat to Tatiana there. Elgin, Tatiana is on the bench for this match after a pretty phenomenal campaign. She Played against South Africa, got a play of the match performance in the centre, and then got to keep that starting shirt for the quarterfinal and the semi-final, but hasn't been given the centre shirt this weekend. Instead, the the inside centre shirt goes to Holly Atkinson. That's a quite a big call. What do you, what did you make of it?
2: When you look at that, you do think it possibly suggests that England might try and attack New Zealand a bit more out wide than maybe we've. We've seen them attacking thus far in this tournament because Holly Hson, she's more of a creative running 12. She's got a mm. sevens background. She can cover 10 if Zoe Harrison, you know, comes into mischief. Whereas Tatian Hurd is very much the the straight ball carrying, hard running inside centre. Holly is the, the third inside centre England have had this tournament. Obviously, Helena Rowland started the uh, the tournament there. She's another utility back, covers sort of 10, 12, 15. She'd probably cover the wing if she had to. She's very fast, Helena. But Helena was the, the the sad casualty of the semi final. She was having such a good game at fullback and went off with a with a foot injury, and so she's been hobbling around the hotel, sadly uh, this week, and will will be unable to play. So it is an interesting call that that Simon's Simon Middleton's gone for Holly rather than keeping Tatiana for that reason. But yeah, you, you do think that when I spoke, I spoke to Tatiana a, a week or so ago before the semi final and. She was talking about how she and Helena don't really feel like they're rivals, in a sense, because they are very different 12s. If Tatiana's playing, then she'll do the bulk of the ball carrying. If Helena's at 12 and Emily Scarrett at 13, will do the bulk of the ball carrying. So with they're going to line up on Saturday, you'd think that, yes, Emily Scarrett, who's had a bit of a quiet tournament by her usual very high standards, there might now be the chance for her to you know grab the game by the scruff of the neck and be that force trying to get England going forward. And then you've got Holly Ashton doing a bit more, doing a bit more creative things at, out wide with with Tatiana on the bench. If they decide that they need a bit of straight line, a bit of getting over, getting over the gain line later on in the game, so it does suggest possibly that England will try and take New Zealand on out wide a bit more than you might think.
1: So Emily Scar and Holly Ashton are a partnership that have worked together quite a lot for England in the past. They haven't so far at this tournament. Do you think that that's the the secret thing that Simon Vincent's been saying all oh, tournament is the worst? I'd never tell him a secret because he's the worst person at keeping a secret. Because he's been saying the whole tournament we have a game plan, we're going to bring it out in the final, and it's been a lot of talk. And I thought, really, are you? Because you know, you're you're giving all your secrets away. If you are, uh, is is this it? Is this the answer to New Zealand?
2: Oh well, possibly. But y- y- you would, you can't help but think that. If Helena Rowland was fit, she'd be in there somewhere. Would that have been back at 12, like when she started the tournament? Would that have been at 15 and then Ellie Kildan on the bench? I think that on the balance of probabilities, probably going into this game, it would have just been a case of we want that slightly more creative 12. So it's going to be Holly or Helena. And you'd have thought based off the fact that Helena Rowland has been playing consistently in this tournament then it would have gone her way as it is he's very comfortable picking holly there you know she, she she started at outside center against south africa and she's come off the bench three times so she has been used she hasn't just been you know sitting mm-hmm. in bubble wrap off on the sideline and and as you said she she played four games in the in the six nations she started across the centers at 12 and 13 so she's been used and she played with emily pre, emily scarrett pretty recently so that must be why you know he, he doesn't feel it's a big Step in the dark to to throw her in at twelve. Obviously, if it doesn't work, then, then <laughs> you might say something different then. But for now, he's clearly comfortable with Holly playing at twelve.
1: You're right. She does distribute the ball well, and she plays the the ball out wide a lot, which is definitely, I think, a good sign of what the game plan is going to be on the wings. We've got Lydia Thompson and Abby Dow. Now, Abby Dow, we've spoken about, had the most phenomenal try in the semi final, which was helped. A lot by Claudia McDonald. So Claudia, for those who didn't see it, you know she beat a couple of defenders and then did this beautiful pass to Abby Dow, who then sprinted almost the length of the pitch to score. It was lovely. Claudia is on the bench. Lydia Thompson starts now for me, Elgin. That's because Lydia defensively is such a, a strong winger. She's got a lot of experience playing against New Zealand as well. Against those players, she she ran rings around them in the twenty seventeen final. Is that the right decision, do you think, having Lydia starting and Claudia on the bench as maybe wing and scrum half cover?
2: Yeah, I think definitely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Lydia did play. Yeah, she got two tries in the 2017 final. She started the tournament on the right wing. Obviously, Claudia's had a great tournament as well before her slight injury, scoring four tries against Fiji. But with that 6-2 split on the bench, of forwards to backs, you do have the archetypal Utility back replacement in Claudia McDonald. She'll mm. be able to cover Lianne Infante at nine, whoever Abby Dow or Lydia on the wing. So I just think, yeah, Lydia's big game, uh, big game experience. You know, she's got plenty of capturing when she plays them for a long time. It, it's a fair call to have out there. She she's done very well in attack, very well in defence, and you've got Claudia's game changing abilities to to come off the bench.
1: Let's talk about the bench split. As you say, it's a six two split on the bench. That's very forward-heavy for a game that has been pipped to be kind of much more back-focused. And, you know, if there are injuries in the backs, there's not much cover on the bench for them.
2: All the talk has been about how this is a, a clash of styles between New Zealand's slight frailties up front. you know, we saw they beat Wales convincingly but in the pool stages, but Wales actually dominated them up front at scrum and line-out. Um, and given that England are... Certainly the best line out more in the world and a pretty decent scrum too. Then you'd think, yeah, New Zealand could be staring down the barrel of a of a a forward stuffing in the tight. But uh, such an experienced forward packing then have. They've got Seven of that starting eight started the 2017 final as well. There's so much experience. So they're they're averaging more than 70 caps a player in the starting eight, which is, as I mentioned earlier, more than the most capped black fern of all time <laughs> with 67. So to have that, all that experience and ability on the in the starting 15, and then six very good. Forwards on the bench as well. Maybe the English version of the Springbok bomb squad. Mm. They've got this balance of potentially a bit of attack out wide, but also the knowledge that we've got a great forward pack, and then we've got six more on the on the bench as well to really hammer home that advantage if needs be.
1: I think this is the strongest England pack. Um that there there is, you know, Vicky Cornbra, Amy Cocaine and Sarah Byrne in the in the front row, with Zoe Oldcroft, Abby Ward in the second, and Alex Matthews, Marley Packer and Sarah Hunter. It of course will be Sarah Hunter's final World Cup match. She's confirmed that she won't be playing at the next World Cup. On the bench we've got Lark Davis, Maudmuir, Shauna Brown, Kath O'Donnell, Poppy Cleal and Sadia Cabea for the forwards. You're right, Bomb Squad, Poppy Cleal. The fact that she hasn't made it into that starting team. It's quite big because I think a year ago she was by far the most on-form player in England and now she's kind of on the bench. Hasn't had a blow-away tournament, has she?
2: No, no. And and obviously, you know, Sarah Hunter, as you mentioned, as the captain, she's going to win 140th cap. You know, it would be a bold move to then shelve her from the final when she's been playing every game except for the South Africa game in this tournament. So, but... You've got that knowledge then, as I mentioned, that you've got Poppy on the bench with Sadia as well, who tackles anything that moves. What, what did she make? Something like 32 tackles in that warm-up game against the United States or whatever it was. And, you know, her time will come in the future. But for now, with that back row of Alex Matthews, Marley Packer, Serahant, I mean, that is such a, such a pedigree trio that will have all bases covered. And... Simon is not afraid to take Sarah Hunter off quite early. you know she's mm. often come off in about the fiftieth minute or so. so if it is Poppy Peel that comes on for it, she'll have a good half hour at the business end of the match, you know, to have her say on the encounter if needs be.
1: Elgin, great to chat to you about the Rugby World Cup. just quickly before we go, obviously this is the the final. What's been your highlight of the tournament?
2: My highlight of the tournament well it it just has to be. <laughs> that semi-final. I mean, when uh, when England went twelve nil up, one of my colleagues in the press box—they will remain nameless—sort of turns to one of our colleagues and said, "Oh, that's that in the bag then." And then Justine Pelletier sends England back row the wrong way at the back of a scrum in her own half, stands up Claudia McDonald, and then chips forward for Karen Pack with the open side flanker to to beat all comers to the ball. When that happened, I thought, here we are, now we're in business. What a try that is. So even though Abby Dow's try and Sophie DeGurdy's goal kicking were, were great mm-hmm. moments from that game. I when that try happened, I thought, yeah, okay, we might be in for a game here. And what a try it was. And Canada then did a very similar attack. They clearly decided they were going to attack England around the fringes of the scrum that maybe the back row were guilty of overchasing. So it was this great combination of perhaps a tactic, a thing that they'd noticed in in the greater in the in the most unbeatable team in in rugby at the moment, and that they were able to finish off a lovely 70 metre move. So yeah, I'm gonna go for that that Karen Packwin try. Always the contrary in me.
1: <laughs> well I'm amazed that your favourite match is the Canada England, because for me this weekend, New Zealand France was just incredible. I loved it. I'm amazed because especially like I think just how close it was, the final kick of the the match brilliant for rugby that we had two incredible semi-finals especially because so far it's kind of been very clear who's going to win each match and I think that was a a really good test for both New Zealand and England Elgin thank you so much I hope you really enjoy this weekend out in New Zealand very jealous that you're there and enjoying it but very happy for you as well and can't wait for you to be back here brightening up the office with your snaffiest outfits This has been The Ruck from The Times and The Sunday Times. With the final taking place on Saturday, we'll have a review of the match in Monday's episode. Rachel Burford is going to be speaking to Elgin over in New Zealand and I'll join Will Kelleher and Alex Lowe in the studio as well. Thank you for listening.